Hello and welcome to episode 276 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Tom Kennett, Alex Jones and Jack Harper. Hope everyone had a good race week. Uh, hope everyone enjoyed Movie Madness last week after we had a week off. Um, not too much to get into today. We've got a bit of football to get into and then we will see uh, kind of where the wind takes us. Um, stricken podcast today, Jack's gone down with uh, COVID. I've gone down today. Uh, Alex is joining us for the best part of an hour. Um, <laughs> I'm assuming uh, you had a busy day yesterday, Alex. I did, yeah. Yeah, didn't wish me happy birthday, which uh, really was a case. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's roped it to he's baited him in. So I did assume oh. it was, must have been a really busy day. Uh, well, it actually was, but Oh Christ! I am, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I genuinely forgot it was your birthday. Oh no! Sorry, right. sorry. Right. Picking the teeth, but uh, we move on. Um, oh, even my even my missus has just given me a horrible yeah. look. Oh, that, and that, so. That's the present you were waiting for as well. Is a happy birthday from AJ. Exactly. Just... I think that might have uh, poked me up enough that maybe I could have fought it off. But um, no, Alex uh, just didn't quite get me there. Um, ruined his day. Uh, that was all. I yeah. feel, I, I feel bad. I feel <laughs> terrible. Start off the usual uh, mic setup today. If I'm sounding a little less clear than usual, but hopefully you're back in business by uh, movie madness this week. Um, if we start with news of the week, there isn't too much to get into. Um, but an Ecuadorian toad has broken its silence after 100 years. What did, What did it have to say? What secrets did it have? Yeah. Yeah, who knows? Um, hopefully it was worthwhile after that long. Um, a dentist has been found guilty of damaging patients' teeth to boost his profits. Not bad. I've always had the have always had the cynical view. Yeah. They might they might do that as well. So that's that hasn't helped. Like a mechanic doing an MOT, picking out things that uh, maybe don't need to be done. Uh, yeah, you you know that those mechanics set their prices on how old and vulnerable someone looks. <laughs> oh, we got, um, we, got a, we got a motability car coming in. Oh yeah, that's that's the money maker. Dollar signs <laughs> in the eyes. Clueless bear picks the wrong fight with the wrong pigs on the wrong day. Um, don't know how that ended, but probably the highlight headline of the week. I mean, um, th- those those pigs probably learned from their stint with the big bad wolf. Exactly. <laughs> they weren't Saturday, night, Saturday night live star Pete <laughs> Davidson will no longer fly to space after he has postponed the launch. Just to annoy Kanye. He's got all of those Kim K cheeks and he's not letting go. He's not, I'm not leaving the planet. He's not leaving her. No way. <laughs> There is an Italian chef putting lasagna in toothpaste tubes. Okay. <laughs> Don't know. And uh, finally, child zip lining in Costa Rica collides with slow moving sloth hanging onto the cable. <laughs> uh, I can weir- weirdly picture that. There you go. That is your news of the week. If we start things off, Everton snatched a much-needed win against Newcastle on Thursday night and then fell 4-0 to Crystal Palace in the FA Cup quarter-final this weekend. Um, Frank Lampard lambasted his team after the game. Uh, I think he called every goal unfortunate, to be fair, which was like how I feel playing FIFA. Um <laughs> But in his press conference after, he accused his players of lacking the bollocks to perform at the required level. Um, he said, great. we didn't play well today. We didn't play that badly today. Palace didn't play that well. It was a lack of confidence and a lack of what I just said. It wasn't tactics. Palace couldn't get out of their half in the first 20 minutes. Um, it's a challenge. Cause there's, quite, uh, there's been a long time before I got here, I don't have a magic wand to get inside people's heads and change their resilience across a whole squad. That's a work in progress, so we have to work on that, and it's as frustrating for me as it is the 4,000 that travelled down. Um, 
two things hindered us. One was the scheduling. The reality is that we could have played at three or four o'clock, but the broadcasters want us to sh- wanted to show other games. Yeah, uh, the managers complain about that. Um, <laughs> and he said, and there's Alan's suspension, which didn't help us either. Um, the Alan suspension. I don't know how many of you unfortunate people were watching there. Uh, Everton Newcastle on Thursday night, but. I didn't see too much of an issue with it. If you're jumping in with your studs up, when it gets slowed down, it's going to look far worse than this is going to happen. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't have had a problem with it being a yellow, but I didn't think it was the outrage that some were suggesting, like the harshest red card you've ever seen. I thought you couldn't have much complaint about it. Yeah, and it did him a favour because it did give him an excuse. Um, I kind of added this in mainly because not a lot um, happened that we haven't spoken about, and Jack did text me uh, yesterday, I think, while the game was going on, to kind of just say, like, what is he doing here? Um, <laughs> Frank's comments to me felt like someone who, when we accused Conte of this, I believe, um, a month or so ago, effectively distancing himself from the problems that are going on at Everton. I mean, there's a lot of parallels between what he got wrong at Chelsea and what is currently in my eyes, getting wrong at Everton a little bit, where he's... To go back to the original statement that you said there, of it wasn't a 4-0 game. For the first 20 minutes, they couldn't get out their half. It was a lot like that with Chelsea games, where we'd run our legs off with a really ridiculously high press. And don't get me wrong, like high press works in a lot of scenarios, but you need to know when to sit back and when to press. And it he's trying to do it with less athletic players by the looks of it and I mean Deliani's work rate there's been left a lot to be desired for most clubs but that excuse he was using at Chelsea the legs fall off within 20 minutes and then there's a few fluky goals and I mean if you look back at the parallels between it like that Eze goal you're right there were some fluky goals in there but you can't defend the fact that you just lost 4-0 a lot like when we would take the occasional pace thing as well where when he was in charge of us where it's all good and well looking the better team, but you need to create these chances. And I was watching that game and I was just sat there saying, this is so one way and dull where nothing's happening for Everton whatsoever. <laughs> I counted for like 20 minutes and the biggest opportunity they had was just a long ball into the box that was gathered by their keeper. So They were a team that was shipping goals and thought it would be a good idea to bring in Deli Alley and Donny van der Beek. Um, they were a team that were lacking legs in the middle of the park and they brought in Deli Alley and Donny van der Beek. Um, he is right. There were issues before he got there. I mean, selling arguably your best player and then sacking a bloke about three days later probably shows where the club's at. Um, I don't know how much of this is, is, is just confidence, like Frank's saying, but Every interview now, he said, "Look, I can't make, I can't wave a magic wand. Uh, these issues were here before me." And when Conte was saying it, we were still kind of shaking our heads. But he did have a bit more money in the bank to be saying, "Look, I've solved these issues before. I've had previous success." When Frank's saying it, it's like his talk of a magic wand. Well, we've never seen him wave a magic wand. We haven't seen him wave no. a magic wand at Derby. We haven't seen him wave a magic wand at Chelsea. So. I don't really and know issues, where he's coming from. The issues have got worse while he's been there as well, is the thing. We've yeah. gone from could Everton be dragged into a relegation fight to Everton are in a relegation fight on his watch. Yeah, it says a lot about Everton's football, I think, that the majority of us that actually tuned into the Everton game was because we heard there was a bloke cable tied to a post <laughs> and not because it was a dogged relegation scrap. And some of my favourite games this season have been at the bottom of the table, but yeah, this this was uh, very poor. He's, he's if he wasn't wearing to... a t-shirt, we couldn't have ruled out that that fan was in fact just trying to kill himself. It had all just got too much, and he was just hanging himself on the post watching it. The thing that's been overlooked more than anything there is a bloke on the front row is able to just whip out a flip knife and give it to a steward <laughs> to do it, and... and then gets it given back to him. Is that like... <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Like, what is that? He's now managed sixty-four games in the Premier League. He's won 30 of them, drawn 11, lost 23. Um, 107 goals for 89 against. Um, and when you 
been at Chelsea, you probably hope for a bit more kind of stat padding before you find yourself in this position. Um, so when I spoke to Jack yesterday and TK, I'll ask your thoughts on this. Jack thinks he'd been better off taking Norwich job because he said, well, basically, he needed this next job to be a slam dunk. Hmm. And I said, well, to be fair, the offers on the table were ever to the Norwich. And Jack said, well, he should have taken the Norwich job. Because It's a free hit, the Norwich job. Exactly that. And like, you know, you're going down, but you know, you're going to be the best team in the championship. It gives you a good chance to get promoted, get that stock and then come back up again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I said at the time, I thought you probably shipped to the Norwich one just because I, I think I said on the pod that look, if, even if they just get a couple of wins, people are just going to go, well, look, he's had a positive impact. They're always going to get down. And as Jack said, they'll have a good go next year. But, but I thought this was an all right job for him as well. I thought this was as big a club yeah, as yeah. he's going to be able to get. I thought, <laughs> wrongly it turns out, it can't get much worse for them. I thought they've got a certain amount of quality within there that they're going to be, that they won't go down uh, and they shouldn't be too close. And so I thought, as long as he keeps them up this year, he's he then got a, a decent footing. Uh, he's never going to get a bigger job than this after, uh, as he currently is. He's going to have to do a good job, whatever the we'll next job is. job down the line. Uh, yeah, you, you wouldn't, that wouldn't surprise you at all, <laughs> madly. Uh, but, they have ended up. If they hadn't had that win over Newcastle, I might have started buying into the fact that they'll go down. I think they'll probably stay up on the basis that there's three teams shit than them. And whenever you look yeah, at an old they have season, no right to be Newcastle. No, and again, even that was was fortunate. Was it probably one of their best performances of recent times? Was the loss to City? Probably. Yeah. Probably one of the few times you thought, right, they're really playing for him here. But, and that's probably the biggest concern with Franks. Probably that hasn't even really been that that new manager bounce. Normally you'll, you'll get a few games in a row and then things will level out and you kind of get found out a little bit more maybe, but they haven't even really had that. They've had the odd performance here and there. But Are you saying then that if, if it's not Everton, then you're saying it's pretty locked down as Watford, Burnley, Norwich? Yeah, I, I do think those three will. I think that leaves result on the weekend is obviously pretty massive for them. I, I don't see that. I know Burnley have got some games... But Everton have got a game or two in hand on, on some of them as well, haven't they? So yeah. I don't yeah, think... Everton and Burnley are both on 27 games played. Right, yeah. So I, th- I think even like Burnley having games in hand over the other ones around them, I don't think they'll put a run together to climb out of it. And I don't think, obviously, Watford or Norwich will. So well, I think those three are done. I guess with um, Frank then is... I do think there is something to it where now two managers in a row have said, look, you don't realise how bad this is to you in behind the scenes, which means I dread to think what we're seeing behind the scenes because what we're seeing in front of us is pretty bad. <laughs> what um, are they doing in training? <laughs> you do also need the players to be buying in with you. And um, Richarlison is, is one of the most pathetic Premier League footballers I've ever seen. I've seen players that go down easily. He is another breed, and we won't talk about Sun going down with the ball in the back of his leg yesterday that was because that, that was probably the worst dive I've ever seen Richarlison you need your players to be mucking in for you he's not that kind of player he's not that <laughs> kind of player <laughs> they, they can't get Calvert-Lewin fit they can't keep a solid midfield on the pitch because in theory Allen and Decore should be a decent enough um, midfield for staying up at least um, mm. Damari Gray hasn't been able to maintain the form he showed at the start of the season, albeit he has come back from an injury. But they signed a whole new back four and have continued to play the old back four. So I don't know what the hell they signed. He's got to save Keane for himself because he's just drowning game well, on game. So, so the thing with Keane and um, people have kind of uh, theorised there that it's like mental health related, but. Before the Man City game, Frank said um, that he was going to be out for an extended period. And then Frank said something along the lines of, um, I had a word with him and made him aware of the situation. And then obviously he's played the next couple of games. And if a conversation is what's able to prevent you from having a period on the sidelines, I've got to think that's what it is. Um, so Frank's obviously I mean his hands are tied but he can't, as you say save the guy for himself 
Um, I think there's a feeling within Everton, and I've seen it in the press, that look, he's staying there regardless of whether they stay up or down. But I don't know. It, it's, it's worrying, um, worrying times for them because I still don't know what a Frank Lampard team looks like. And yeah, um, the the other thing is you said about the players need to muck it. As much as you know, maybe some will get a response from this about the Lin Sarsen more bollocks or whatever. But there's a there's a lot of and he did this occasionally at Chelsea as well. Yeah, a lot he of Chelsea. A, he has he has an unfortunate habit of sort of going, yeah, it wasn't the tactics, and it's always straight on the players. And at some point they're gonna go, well, fuck it. They're gonna show, well, show us your medals as a manager then. You haven't done anything. And it's never your fault, it's always our fault. And you're gonna get that with a large amount of players nowadays. But certainly in that evidence squad, you'd go, well, they're all going to go like that. They're not going to respond to this. Even then, after the um, loss to... can't think who it was. The loss before um, Newcastle, maybe it was City. And he said something along the lines of... No, it was after the Spurs game. And he was saying, like, I've been in this position my, myself as a player. Um and it's like, well, you haven't. So I hope that's no. not what you're going in with and you're trying to play the, I've been where you are, lads, because they aren't going to buy into that. Um, and the side of him, which... Uh, so we've looked at managers like Arteta and Dictator and those kind of words have been thrown at them. Mm. And then we've looked at, and I would have probably early on put Lampard in the like, Eddie Howe, look, I'm your mate bracket <laughs> and he's kind of he's not really got either of them now he's not going along the side where he's putting his arm around the players and he also isn't really being taken seriously if he's trying to go down the disciplinarian route so i don't know <laughs> I, I just i mean jack was gutted when he got sacked at chelsea so maybe he's the guy that can uh, defend him here I Would you it's, say it's his lack of Jody Morris this time round, Jack? Is, do you think yeah, that's the, I mean, the underlying? <laughs> I, I'm not saying I'm pinning it all on that, but um, <laughs> Ben Chilwell. I mean, I've been proven proven right by Ben Chilwell. <laughs> this he will die on this hill. I will. That is the hill that I'm dying on. 100. <laughs> um, I think, like, it's 50-50. I think this is why I thought it was such an awful marriage when it got together to start with because you've obviously got problems at Everton that supersede like just your average we're in a bad run of form um type scenario and Frank for a team that's absolutely shipping goals Frank isn't really known for his defensive solidity um like the goals we looked so open under Frank and to win to keep yourself out of these relegation battles, you need to just keep clean sheets and hope you nick one because they're not scoring goals, so they need to stop shipping them. And I don't think Frank's the guy for that. His stock, and this is what I mean, like his stock is falling by the by the week by the week. He needs to pull something out of the bag here to really kind of solidify him as a top manager or just a manager that can do the job. Do the you think? I just said they're going to keep him regardless. Do you actually think he has a better chance of staying in the job if they go down? Like, is there a chance that if they do stay up on the basis that, look, we're just like, shit as everyone else, then they say, you know what, well, we may have to have a look else, elsewhere here because we can't be doing this for a whole season? That there is that. I think you need to give him time to build something first. He is coming halfway through the season. And this is a group of players that Carlo Ancelotti and Rafael Benitez can get a tune out of. So, there's a worry that the more time he got to build something at Chelsea, the worse it got. <laughs> and that's like the more money he spent, the worse it got there. And if we're going by from what we hear, the Deli Ali and Van der Beek signings were his signings. If you're Everton, you're already in a tight spot where you can't afford to be losing cash. I'm not sure he's the guy I'm going to say, look, you, you pick the players and we're going to follow it entirely your way of thinking. I think your, your way of thinking is correct. If, if they stay up, sounds stupid, but by chance, essentially just by frequency being worse than them, he shouldn't be the guy you go, right, we're going to give you the keys because he's kind of been lucky, right? But that also relies on the idea that the club's being well run. 
this club is yeah, almost yeah. entirely reactionary. And as a result, if he stays up, it'll be right. This is our guy until it gets to a state of crisis where he's not our guy, and then we'll bin him and, and get the next guy in, etc. So I don't think that this isn't a club that preempts problems. This is a club that waits for the problems and then reacts. Yeah, um, it's been very interesting because they aren't in a position like other clubs where they can buy their way out of it because of how horribly yeah. they've been run. Um, the fact that they were one of uh, the clubs with the most Russian sponsors means that they're in an even worse position because that <laughs> money's come out of the club. So they were operating previously where they could spend about 40 million a window and they're going to be even less than that now. Uh, so they best hope they've got a few more Anthony Gordons coming through uh, yeah. their academy because these ones, if if I have to hear an Everton fan tell me how good uh, Holgate is again, <laughs> I think that's where you have your card revoked to be able to talk about football because horrible, horrible player. Um, yeah, won't look out of place if they do go down. No. Something else that happened this weekend, so I do want to speak about Liverpool as well. I don't know if any of you saw Steven Gerrard's comments on Saka yesterday and they came out and uh, I think he touched on it again this morning. Uh, no, the only thing I've so, seen about him was where he lost it with that guy who was interviewing him. Yeah, uh, Des. So Saka was getting a kick in in the game uh, against Villa at the weekend. And he went over and spoke to the referee after the game. And in his interview, he said, I wasn't complaining to the ref, but I wanted to let him know that's my game, running at players with pace. And sometimes they need a bit more protection when players are purposefully trying to kick me. And that was fairly evident. You can search it on Twitter for yourself. This isn't biased Arsenal fan here. The game was very clearly where you try and kick someone into submission where you switch it to the other side instead because he, he had Ashley Young and he was cooking him. Um, Gerard spoke afterwards and he said, it's part of the game. The last time I checked, it's not a no-contact sport. I think tackles are allowed and physicality is allowed. He's a good player. He's an outstanding talent. Now I love him, but he can't complain about that side. That's football. I'm sitting here now with screws in my hips. I've had about 16 operations. I'm struggling to go to the gym. That's all on the back of earning a, li- of earning a living in English football. He'll learn, and he'll learn that quick. I don't think him using an example of him having screws in his hips and not being able to go to the gym is an example of what he needs to do to define his <laughs> career. Yeah, yeah I think uh, absolutely. Yeah, he's made, he made the argument for it, didn't he? What an absolute pillock for those comments, honestly. What the hell is he thinking? Look, I get his... If he just stopped at making the comments and saying, look, it's a physical sport, there's like, you know, gamesmanship and working within the boundaries of the rules or kind of just very skating very close to them. I, I get that and I don't disagree with it. But at the same time, we are moving to a point now where we're there's a better understanding of players' health and we don't want to see these players injured. We want to see them on the pitch playing the, playing the game to the best of their ability. It's very rare you see... Saka complained the way he did on Saturday. I think that's why maybe it picked up a bit more traction than usual because he mm-hmm. usually does just get on with it. And he has had some horrible tackles on him this season that I don't know if it's because he just gets on with it is uh, why they take less punishment than he usually does. But the last one where it's like he'll learn and he'll learn quick is like Gerard's dishing threats. It's probably it's probably because he's a, he's a young talent. He hasn't got that he hasn't developed that, you know, that strong ego yet where he can give it back or he's got the confidence. He's, he hasn't, he's not intimidating. He's intimidating. He's intimidating from a talent perspective, but you know, he's not, he's not like players aren't going to be like, I'm not doing that to him because I don't want to be on the bad end of him. Um, or I don't want to be made to look like a fool by him. I think if he's that sort of player that you want to take his confidence away by battering him about a bit, he's probably that sort of, the definition of that sort of play you want to target on a pitch, a focal point for the team that you want to take out of the game by just putting the fear of God in them. I think it does put him in a bad mood and I don't know at what point in the press conference this question was asked, but I've got to think it was probably shortly after he's been wound up in his BT Sports interview. Did you actually watch the Des interview though? Yeah, yeah, I watched it. I watched it live. Like I thought that when I saw the quotes, I thought it was going to be 
kind of quite aggressive. I didn't think it was that bad as it was being portrayed. I thought Gerard was well within his rights to be reacting I, the way he did. I thought Des Kelly was being actually really snide in the interview. Yeah, I thought he handled that pretty well. I don't agree with his sack. Well, I do and I don't. I think he's gone a bit overboard with it. I think the wider point he's making, he's essentially trying to defend his team, isn't he? Saying they weren't dirty yeah. bastards, which I haven't seen it. I imagine it's true because I think I've, yeah, most games, yeah, most games I've watched Saka with, I think he gets fouled a lot. So I imagine he's probably reached the end of his tether. It's he probably was young and Tyrone Mings down his side. Yeah, that'll do it then. They, uh, they're not exactly going to be in the right position, so they're going to have to foul him. But the, the, what the wider point of he's going to have to accept that that's going to happen to him, as he has done, pretty much, I yeah. don't think I've ever seen him really complain about that, is, is true, because he is obviously a gifted player who is going to have this happen to him, unfortunately. Um, and in, but there's no problem. There's no problem with him then going and playing like the other side of the get on the other side of the coin. They're putting, pe- putting pressure on the ref. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Doing different scenarios. He didn't like, even do it um, during the game. He was subbed off on about 65 minutes, I think, because he hadn't really shaken off a knock. Mings had one where he takes the ball and then just carries on through him on purpose. And there's no way it's not on purpose because Is that the one you he can got retract the your leg. Yeah, is that the one he got the yellow card for? It was kind of like an orange card. There was—I don't know if it was just me that saw this, but there were people debating whether that should have been a yellow card or not, just because he won the—he won the book. Well, he made probably won. His studs were very quickly about him stomping on Ibrahimovic's face, mainly because it was Ibrahimovic. I think. I think we're all happy with that one. But there's been a few others. I mean, we came on the podcast. I think cracking up about it to be one of our early episodes. But when you do that, Bukayo. The man yeah, he keeps didn't... getting England squads, so this is no yeah. longer funny. Saka it, didn't it, actually it, it do does... it while the game was going on. He he the the board went up to be subbed, and he just made a point. He went over to the ref, and he was kind of remonstrating with him. And then they asked him after, and he said, "Look, I'm just telling him." I think the ref must have said something. It was um, what's his name, uh, Andy Maidley. Uh, he had a shocker on both sides. To be honest, he he booked Jacker and said it was for persistent fouling, and it was the first foul he'd made. And he was saying, <laughs> one, two, three. And Xhaka said, where's the three? Oh, and no. kind of brushed him off. <laughs> and the game Maybe, yeah. Ma- oh. Matty Cash committed Maybe. six fouls. One <laughs> was really bad, and he didn't get a bucket. To be fair, I think I think the referee would be more worried. Like he's probably doubting his his eyesight or something. Like, it's, it's you, it's Xhaka. Well, yeah. You must have it's made more thing, than I, was, I think... <laughs> I think Maidley said something to him along the lines of is the way you're playing or something because he looked visibly wound up when he said something to the ref. So I think he probably said to him that it's the way you're playing or whatever because he said, I'm not going to change the way I play. So I was telling him that's my game. So I don't know what he said to him, but mm. the way he was because um, they had Dermot Gallagher on Sky Sports and they were doing the Xhaka one and he said... Uh, no, well, I think he had that one coming, and it was like the, the guy on Scott. No, it literally was his first foul, and he was like, mm. "No, I think he had that I don't one know. coming." So. I don't know how people even watch clips of like that guy. Oh, I, 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 I can't do it. I can't bring myself. myself up. Yeah, I, I can't do it to myself, honestly. Especially he as I know it's not actually his voice, it makes it even more the more bizarre. He criticised Zuma for booting the ball at Sun and saying, "If anyone was going to be punished, that was probably the one you need to look at." Jesus um, Christ! So yeah, that. that I just thought Gerard, he, he was probably just protecting his players, but when I saw the comments, I almost couldn't believe it. And it was even worse than when he gets picked up by Sky and he gets picked up by BT and they're doing these big, like, boat pieces. And I don't know, he's on the back no, of he, actually young. He's going to be a pretty horrific again. He's going to be a pretty horrific loser. There's no getting around it. Yeah. Well, he said, didn't he, where Des said to him, well, that's losses to Arsenal, Liverpool, Man City, and he's like, "Yeah, I've said we're behind those clubs. I, I, I don't yeah. know what you what you want me to say." I, I did think he he absolutely dealt with Des. I thought, and he said, "Yeah, why them Des? They're all better than us." Yeah, exactly. Under his breath, um, when he said, "You've been quite aggressive," I think maybe uh, you should have a word with your players and tell them to try and bring some of that aggression to the game. I thought, Jesus, you must just have a relationship between you, or you think you can dish this out because. Yeah, you're not saying that to anyone else. No, 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 he's not doing that to another manager. Christ alive. 
Yeah, he was winding me up watching it, and I was on a high after us uh, after us winning. He has got one of his faces as well, does. Yeah, I, I, when Gerard kind of shook his hand after, I thought, yeah, that's one of them. And I think it was Joe Cole in the studio, and he said he, he's he's done very well there to force a smile at the end of that. Because he said, I could <laughs> tell you for sure, he's he's not happy. <laughs> um. Yeah, that, that was the one. I, as I said, Ashley Young was leading the celebration police again on there. Uh, yeah, Ashley Young started it. Gabby yeah. Agbon Lahore was on Talk Sport, uh, on BT in the studio. And he was singing the praise of the Arsenal players and he was saying, look at that togetherness out there on the pitch. And he goes to Talk Sport the next day and said, you know, they were celebrating like they won the Champions League. And so you clearly know your audience here because you were yeah. dishing this out yeah. on live TV. It's almost like it's an entirely manufactured viewpoint to get clicks, isn't it? Yeah. As I said, did you see the dunk that got punished in March Madness yesterday? Oh my god, that my piss was yeah. boiling. Yeah, the celebration, please. I've said consistently, and you can run it back on here. And I said it after Harry Kane was criticised for his celebration against Liverpool. In that, if you don't want people to celebrate, I mean, maybe stop them scoring or winning, and then you don't have to mm. worry about it. Um, but on the topic of Liverpool then, so Liverpool through to the FA Cup semi-final to face Man City. Obviously won the Carabao Cup, second in the league, um, quarterfinals of the Champions League. Out of nowhere, and I don't know if it was just something that had been put on ice until you won the Carabao, this quadruple talk is being spoken about to the point where, Tiki, I think you could win three trophies this season and it might be held against you for not winning four. I think it almost certainly probably will. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's That's absolutely. That, is, that does tend to be the way it's gone with quads, though, when they started getting talks about it. I remember with City, I remember way back with um, Chelsea and the Jose. I think they got done by Newcastle in the FA Cup at first, and that's when it started to unravel for them. Um, unravel, they still want two trophies. Huh? But, um, yeah, yeah, it does seem to have momentum, doesn't it? It's on, it's happening. Um, when was the last time, when was the last time we saw anything more than a double? And United... United, uh, United, United does not count. No, we don't count that. Well, it's prob- probably going to be United then, isn't it? I can't City wanted, it, uh, City wanted domestic trouble, didn't they? They obviously just... Yeah. Can get the Champions League with that. Chelsea didn't win. Uh, no, no. No, we've well, we've not had a team win the Champions League in the league in in the same year since United did it. So no, um, it's it's going to be interesting for sure. The the draws as favourable is favourable in the Champions League. I think if you offered Klopp that draw beforehand, he would snatch it with both hands. Um, the FA Cup draw. Would you rather get City out of the way in the semi-finals? I think, this you know, is it, isn't it? Playing regardless, <laughs> you're probably running into the aren't you? So it's, you know, you can't really, as you said. I think part of You'd this is probably play Chelsea been... in a final the way they are. <laughs> is it? It's probably partly been fueled by that Champions League draw, hasn't it? Is this the extra talk of the quad? Has it's, the it started as soon as like they were doing the celebrations for the Carabao, and they were talking about it immediately. Yeah. Also, probably with partly that they've rarely taken the domestic cup competition seriously. So the fact that they've got one of them about and they've progressed this far in the FA Cup at that stage will obviously get people will get ton, tongues wagging in a way. I don't think we're probably going to win the league, so I think it probably falls down on that if nothing else. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, probably like a few people kind of it's been a seemingly like an unfavourable take. City are still the favourites in the league. I, I, I do wonder after, after if people you, have a basic understanding of like odds and stuff. After you beat us last week, um, Graham Soon has said that you'd rather be in Liverpool's shoes right now mm. than Man City's. And Mika Richards was saying, what do you mean? Yeah. City, City uh, have more points. And he was like, oh, well, the, the way things are going, I know his shoes I'd rather be in. And I think they asked Robertson the question, and he's like, "Well, no, they've got more points, so yeah, yeah. we'd rather be in their shoes." And Milano Silva said similar. 
yeah, I like that Bernardo was quite defiant about it as well. He's like, well, they got to come to our place and win. And um, and Merson was getting a bit of stick for this uh, in midweek. He's kind of getting mugged a bit because he's Merson, but he was kind of saying like. Sunes and Carragher were saying that it's in Liverpool's hands and he's like, yeah, but it's also in City's hands and yeah. nothing's actually changed because we, they still have to go to City and win. And, and he was absolutely spot on. I find it a little bit bizarre that people can't quite grasp that. And I do think if you look at the fixtures, there's probably more possibility for us to drop points than them. There's not a lot in it. There's similar sort of fixture difficulties, but Liverpool are a team that are easy to get drunk on, I think. And the momentum is with us at the minute. I think you've also got to look at that we've won, is it nine in a row? Yeah. We'll probably yeah. have to win nine more in a row to win it. So you have yeah, to win 18 do. games in a row. Yeah. That doesn't happen very often, right? <laughs> so I need you still medium wins above anything for when you play Spurs because Pep has single handedly given us a top four race with his disgusting <laughs> behavior. <laughs> yeah, we've got Spurs and United. Yeah, um, United, I'm not going to say it, but they aren't the ones that worry me, to be honest. They shouldn't be. Christ alive. Um, so there we go. But yeah, this, this, this talk of the quadruple. FA Cup's very interesting now. Um, very interesting. You've got to go the uh, Arsenal route from two years ago. From like a, a Chelsea perspective, I don't know who I want in the final out of those two because. Oh, so you're past Palace, are you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think if we get past Palace, obviously, <laughs> I wouldn't know who I would. Or I don't know if I was from a Palace perspective, who I'd want in the final because. You should rather have City. I, th- I think so, but I, I don't. You can't really be too fussy who you play in a final, can you, to be honest? No, you can't. I mean, I just don't want to lose two finals to Liverpool in the same season. <laughs> That's the the other thing is when you factor in obviously each game you get you're playing teams are motivated enough to beat you anyway but no team really wants to see Swan win a quad so they're going to be making sure and going all out we've got obviously United aren't going to want that on their watch we've got Everton in the in the league um, obviously we've got to have to run we'll have to run past Chelsea and City if you were to win the FA Cup or probably in the Champions League, similar sort of story as well. If you were to get through to the final, you'd probably have to face one of them. So people don't need any extra motivation to beat you at the best of times. This is definitely the case if we're running through brick walls to stop this. Is any regret from Klopp for the way he's treated cup competitions previously, given this, the way you are this season? I don't think so. Only in the... I think... We've never really been in a position to do this, I don't think. I think the squad's probably the biggest it's been in terms of strength and depth. So that's been slightly different. I think he, if you look at it, it's not like he hasn't rotated in the cups. It just happens to be we happen to have won. Yeah. So I, it's not like you know, we're, we're kind of treating it like he's re- respected it more. He probably hasn't changed. It just happens to be we've got one and had some favourable draws in there as well. There's no getting around it. Um, yeah. So... I think that's probably all been factored in. And the fact that we have won a League of Champions League probably will make him say, I was only critical of him when he did it in the early days. Like, well, we're not in a position to be winning anything. Yeah. You should be looking at these competitions a bit more. Once we, we have been in a position to win the big ones, I, you can understand it a little bit more. Yeah, Teta did it in the FA Cup against Southampton last year, I can remember. It. Like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Especially that's been, you know, his saving grace. Klopp um, has obviously learned as well um, that his sarcasm doesn't always go down well because he felt he was preventing an international incident by resting um, Sad- Sadio Mane yesterday. <laughs> I thought just the way he came out and confirmed it was very much like, please do not send any hatred my way. <laughs> well, there we go. Um, there was something else I wanted to touch on as well. Um, is escaping me. What do we have this weekend? Ah, Jack. Yes. Several owners uh, supposedly uh, in the bidding for Chelsea at this stage. Um, <coughs> looks like we may have one in the next 
two weeks or so, but sooner the <clears throat> sooner the better, I guess. With trips away to the Bernabeu and trips to Wembley, we need to be able to sell tickets for those. So surprisingly, um, I've seen a lot of Chelsea fans in the replies say, um, "I'm not too fussy," but I think the Saudi bid sounds best to me. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is here, right? So if they truly don't have any ties to the Saudi government, which they say they don't. Not a naive person would probably believe that, but if that's the case, that makes him the least rich bidder out of all of them. Like, for personal wealth, perspective. we also have to pull out his stake of Newcastle, yeah. So, yeah, that makes, it, it, makes it a very difficult one. So, I mean, I'll be honest, we're lucky in the sense that right now we have a decent squad because. We yeah. don't really need that extra investment right now in the, in the team, apart from maybe a defender if Rudiger goes. So we're, we're kind of lucky on that side. We need someone to come in and get us a new stadium. That's what we need. Yeah. We'll stick to death of not being able to get tickets because we're in like the smallest stadium in the top half of the Premier League. Simon Jordan says that he would be a big help if um, one of these consortiums needed him. <laughs> I'm sure he would. <laughs> It's not like him to think of a lot, a lot himself, but fair play to the guy. Oh, he wants to throw his hat in the ring, but I, I don't know. I think it's it's tricky because we've just gone from Roman, who will just pour money into the club no matter what, to you've either got the Americans and the American. When you hear the word American. We'd love one of these American ring. consortiums. Yeah, when you when you see these American or hear of American takeover, you just shudder because you know. That financial kind of free spending it doesn't really go hand in hand with them. I don't get me wrong, the Glazers mm. may not have spent a lot of money, but obviously controversies around how they've done that. And John Terry's having ten percent, isn't he? Of one of them. Yeah, go for it, JT. Yeah, I think his investments uh, seem to be always go really well. Actually, Chelsea going to recover his latest NFT. Yeah, he's kind of monkeys around the uh, stadium, <laughs> plastered on the walls. Um, um, I think it's la- good that that's the way they're going in the sense that I mean, obviously Nick Candy would probably be one of the preferred buyers mainly just because of him being a massive Chelsea fan so you'd know he wouldn't send down the shitter but at the same time it's all, I'm classing myself as a fairly fairly good Chelsea fan but I don't have a lot of money so if someone has more money than me I'd rather use their money than yeah. uh, <laughs> not saying Nick Candy is poor by any stretch but has he got enough to run a football club the way that Chelsea's used to being run? I don't know. Um, last thing, so I wanted to mention the international setup, but before that, we don't need to go to the Aubameyang situation again, but there's a similar kind of uh, line of thinking where people say, you, you sold this guy, he was your best striker. I'm seeing Chelsea getting a lot of stick for letting Tammy Abraham go when you look at what he's doing over there in Syria. Lukaku um, scored loads of goals in Syria. It doesn't make well, you... yeah, I was The question was any regrets? Not particularly, no, because the way that we play football, Tammy just didn't suit it whatsoever. Like, it's, it, Which makes it even uh, more strange to go and buy Lukaku, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, that's what I mean. I think if we just prolong, If we just kept Havertz up top, I reckon we'd have got a lot more points this season where... We're building on we're building on that last season. He's coming towards the end of the year. Actually, a fairly okay record at nine, and then we've looked the best we've looked since the start of the season since he's gone back to playing that nine role. So, yeah, I mean, what waste! But there we go. I think think there's probably a lot of people at Arsenal that regretted not going in there when we supposedly made inquiries previously. Yeah, definitely. I, I'd agree. I mean, he's doing a great job in at Roma and I'm really pleased for him to see how well he's been received by the fans and how many goals he's putting in. See the clip he shared yesterday? Yeah. The, yeah, very yeah. good. You must be mad. mad over there when, when you're loved as a player. When you're not, then, uh, yeah, not so much. Yeah, I mean, imagine <laughs> having that many people singing your name, but I look at it and whenever I see Tammy going across my timeline, with Chelsea fans still follow his career and I'm going oh it's scored again let's go and see they're all from like two yards out which is like great well, striker play. Strike, um, 
But we needed that player that makes goals for themselves in this team, and he wasn't that guy, and neither is Lukaku. Um, well, Mourinho said yesterday, when you say he's fantastic, I disagree. He can do even more. So I think if Arsenal do go in for him this summer, then they'll be paying a lot more than uh, what Roma were paying. I think um, that'd be a good signing for Arsenal as well. It would be, but the price now is going to be pretty disgusting, so I, I can't see it happening. Yeah. Um, but I think, I mean, the difference in this top four race could be that Spurs realised they needed to go out and plug some gaps in January, and they got themselves Kuliszewski and Benton Kerr, and we decided not to, and we're stuck with Lacazette up top still, so that could be the difference down the line. Especially if Isaac ends up being the one we get, whose release clause in the summer is going to be <laughs> the same as it is in uh, January. Elsewhere in the England yeah. squad, um, Trent has pulled out, Reese James has pulled out, uh, Ramsdale has pulled out, and Tammy Abraham has also now pulled out. So players that you think did actually need to kind of be forcing their way into mm. um, the starting lineups at least, but obviously club, the, the club is coming above that at the moment. Carl uh, Walker-Peters got his first call-up today. Ollie Watkins got a call-up, Sam Johnston got a call-up, and Tyrick Mitchell got a call-up today as well. So, that's now Tyrick Mitchell and Gurhi in there for Palace. So, Vieira is clearly doing a, a nice little job there. Both of them have been good as well. So, Tyrick Mitchell looks very good, I think. So I could see him at Spurs, but they seem quite wedded to Reguilon, who we're going to talk about Premier League divers. He's another one that's right up there. I think if Man City want an actual left-back rather than putting right-backs at left-back, he could be one they might look towards. Mm. Um, although the Wan-Bissaka price tag makes you think they'd probably be paying a lot. You surprised Walker-Peters with the call-up? What do you think that's fair? He always looks decent, but I don't can't claim to watch a huge amount of Southampton. But he does look does always look like he does a job. It's a tricky one, obviously, right back, isn't it? We've got a lot of options, but uh, he yeah, does always look like he does a job. Are you shocked? And I don't know if there's something um, behind the scenes whether he's got like a dual nationality, but shocked Liveramento hasn't got a call up ahead of him. That's the one that you look at. Mm. Because he's played for England in the uh, youth setups. I was going to say because he has played at age group, I thought. So. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's his nationality is English. I think he, uh, I think he's got some Italian links. Italian heritage, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's got. Yeah, he's, um, he's, he's English. But the most Italian-sounding name, and then he's got the yeah. most Cockney accent ever. Is brilliant. Yeah, because he seems like one for me. You get tied down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Above of, uh, above Walker Peters, but I don't know. Um, Michael they had the chance to play for the under twenty ones um, in the latest long. He's gone to play for France, so yeah, that's gonna hurt. That that's gonna sting. I think yeah, it is very very. Saying, actually, he had about nine choices he could have gone to. I did see that. Yeah, tricky one with, with him. That France is obviously the probably the hardest choice. Their under twenty one team is class as well so maybe yeah. he's just gone to play with the highest level I don't know the England under 21 setup when you look at the actual management that's in place I'm not surprised if maybe you don't think it's the best no. way to develop your game no we should Ollie we should have been tempted him into the senior squad immediately I think trying to get that cap get in line but uh, yeah. maybe that's a cynical way of looking at it yeah Ollie Watkins again um, back in he can make uh, well Put his name in the mix. It's a very decent squad. Mark Gurhey's the interesting one, isn't it? Because well, when we look at the English centre backs we do have, Gurhey and Ben White have probably been the two that have had the best seasons. And the form ones on Stones in there as well, I guess. I think Trevor Shalabar is in for, even for a shout. If he can stay yeah. fit. Mm. He's never the other looked- one is Tamori, who I think should be very aggrieved. Yeah. Ah, back in. 
he should definitely be in there, 100%. Yeah, well, Maguire's in there. And if you drop in Sancho and Rashford for poor form, he's got to be out. Clearly, Southgate is pretty wedded to Maguire being in there. It's tricky, isn't it? Because it, it is a, a bit of a problem position for us in terms of form. Stones hasn't played that much. So, Benjamin Maguire and Stones are our guys. That's, that's difficult. That's a difficult spot to be oh, in. Oh, Walker didn't get a call up either, did he? No, which I, I guess I partly understand in that well, Southgate seems the only man in the country not entirely sold on Trent. So he technically wants to obviously get him and Rhys James in, have a closer look, I, I would assume, whereas he kind of knows what he's getting with Carl Walker. Walker about them, yeah, it's true. And maybe that sometimes comes into the short-sightedness of it at times, whereby in games where things actually matter in a tournament, we'll, put, we'll go with a three and put Walker in there as one of them out of trust. Whereas obviously in some of these games, you don't really have to because there's not so much on the line. I think potentially that probably does fall in into the thinking. I think Gurhi, and I don't expect Ben White to be starting um, there, regardless of how well he plays. Gurhi is the type of centre back to put alongside Ben White if you are going to play him. Hmm. Um, I think that opening night um, analysis that Carragher and Neville have done is very much skewed the general perception of Ben White that he's weak in the air when his stats and everything do say the opposite of that but it's how White, he, try that out it's how he looks as well with Ben White there's no getting around it there's a kind of inverted snobbery about basically if you're not like a bold ugly massive centre half then you're going to be weak and, and fragile and easy to knock off the we ball. We play a high line on the basis that him and Gabriel win enough aerial duels that we can do so and we can press you higher up the pitch. Like it makes no sense to say he's weak in the air, but it still it still runs. Mm. Um, just in closing, um, if we were to talk about the best forty-five minute performances of the season, are we putting Arsenal against Liverpool? Above Arsenal against Man City, or are we uh, <laughs> in it beneath? That's tough, isn't it? If, if you could have put those two 45 minutes together, that's a hell of a 90 minutes. But unfortunately, uh, we cannot. We had Ramsdale in there with a hip injury, which does make me feel it was quite cheap for Jota to go near post like that when he, I'm sure he knew. Um, <laughs> But he did what he always does against us, so there we go. Um, him, and F- him and Firmino's record against you is a joke. Yeah, yeah, there's, well, the weirdly, <laughs> I do feel there's about eight or nine players like that, so maybe it is just us that's the <laughs> issue, not the individual yeah. players. Yeah, um, maybe. Unless anyone has anything to add, then uh, I'll have a shorter one today and uh, I'll say adios. So I thought someone was about to add something. Oh, no, sounds. I don't know. So this week it is pain and gain against Nightcrawler on Movie Badness. So tune in for that. Uh, thank you for listening. We'll be back. Adios.